Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Muffin. We actually should be together now, but um, you're doing a, can we just say? Yeah, just tell them, fuck it. You're doing a, a sort of cleanse. We're scared to say because we don't want Izzy to get cancelled like Lizzo after she did a <laughs> juice cleanse. After she, yeah, after she drank a smoothie. <laughs> I know, I wasn't going to say Everyone's on the pod, like, but I feel dangerous. like. You're just doing a detox. Yeah, I'm doing a detox. So I'm sorry if I sound a bit slow today. I'm eating olives and drinking tea to try and perk me up. But I want to tell you briefly what you have told me about my biggest recommendation of the week that is making me so happy despite being hungry. Which is what a cliffhanger. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> waiting for you to respond but you're just staring yeah. at me well i already know what it is i've only ever given you like one recommendation before <laughs> yeah and that is that i bought a gratitude journal which sounds very woo woo and kind of not up my alley very up my mum's alley mm-hmm. um, but i fucking love it it's amazing so friend of the pod kate lancaster sent me one which is really cute and i was the same i was like i don't this is not my vibe. I don't do goop things. I don't do gratitude journals. I don't do earthing. I don't drink herbal teas. However, (laughs) (laughs) however, yeah, I used it and was exactly the same. I just love it. And apparently Lindsay Peoples Wagner, who's the editor of The Cut, swears by it. So we're in good company. But it just reminded me, it does, it forces you to wake up in the morning and write down things that you're grateful for. And we live in a very, we live in a culture where you're constantly looking at what you don't have. So it's like nice to spend the morning thinking about things you do have. It's really cute. Does yours also do, so you have to wake up and the first thing you do is you write three things you're grateful for, Mm -hmm. three things that will make today great. Mm -hmm. And one 
what is it like one An thing affirmation one, yeah about yourself today i was like i am happy <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really nice i'm trying yeah, to think what mine so are um yeah it does feel a bit embarrassing i'm like really embarrassed with the prospect of zach ever seeing it slash anyone else but he's the only <laughs> likely candidate we should at the get- moment we should get drunk and share our gratitude journals and read the them out. Yeah, so embarrassing. What have you been doing this week? Now that we are kind of lockdown lifting here, where we are allowed to see each other now when mm-hmm. we're outside or on a balcony, and restaurants are opening next week, which seems wild. I'm scared. Yeah, I know. I've, I, I'm glad we had like a practice run over the weekend of being out drinking again. Mm. Because I was not prepared and I was sick for like <laughs> nine days. I had like half a bottle of wine and was broken for the, a one full business week. <laughs> I'm totally out of action. I feel really conflicted about drinking again, which I know you'll be like sympathetic with because you haven't been able to drink on your detox and have been like socializing. I'm drinking olive brine as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> Like sucking it out of the tube, like I know. <laughs> in I have desert. to. But yeah, I I feel, I feel somewhat conflicted because I feel like a really positive thing to come out of lockdown is that I've just hardly drunk in the last year, mm. and I actually really have enjoyed not drinking at all. I enjoy not feeling the like emotional effects of it, but I also think it's like really really hard to socialize and make new friends if you don't want to drink. Yeah. Yeah, so on Monday, we had a really cute girl's Easter brunch, and it was the first day of my detox, and I think everyone was kind of like, oh, you know, she'll last half an hour, and then she'll be drinking mimosas, and I stayed strong and realized that it was actually one of the first times I called you after, and I was like, I think that's honestly one of the first times that I've been in a social situation with people I, like a couple of girls I had never met, and felt completely fine being sober, like I always just kind of thought my personality relied on it and my Mm -hmm. jokes relied on it and my everything hence drinking before the pod yeah that's how that's how I've always felt as well and it's funny because when I saw a psychologist a few years ago we talked about this and about how alcohol is like a really useful substance for people with social anxiety and I I feel like I'd gotten my head around that and gotten my head around tactics I could use so I didn't drink out of anxiety but drank because it was a fun nice thing to do with friends and do it in moderation and blah 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 but yeah, like going back into life post lockdown, I feel like it's a I'm retraining myself to be normal. Mm. After mm. I left the brunch, you left <laughs> sober as a judge, happy, relaxed, had a nice time. I left and I was banging on a door. <laughs> I don't want to say whose house we're at. Banging on a door trying to get out and then the girl whose balcony we'd been on came down and said this is my neighbor's house and then I looked to the right and there was a flight of stairs to keep going down does that make sense as an anecdote yeah so you, you just you thought it was the front door and you I thought get I'd reached the bottom floor I was trying to go through a, like a someone's house. house and then you called me and said that you'd walked the wrong way home I was like this is not safe this house was on essentially my street that we were at it was like really (laughs) far down from your house a five minute walk and then I was playing Lauren Hill out of my phone on speaker because I didn't have of course my airpods (laughs) and I kind of came to and was like 
where am I? And I Google maps it and I was on the same street, but all the way down the other end. So I'd passed my house and just kept walking. Oh my God. <laughs> I was going to say like at my house, but you'd walked past your house. Past there. Yeah. It was yeah. really silly. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have to find a happy medium between me being sober as a judge and eating olives and you um, trying to bang down neighbor's doors. Yeah. On a Monday. Yeah. Just the, like the deep shame that you feel when you wake up the next morning. I was like, I don't want to feel this anymore. I thought I had grown out of this. And I didn't even do anything that bad. And then I started speaking to my dad at like the incriminating time between me leaving the house and getting home. And I called him and I was like, what did we talk about? What did you talk nothing. about? Nothing. He said I was just chatting. He didn't even know I was <laughs> yeah, drunk. You called, you called me too. I had to pause a movie and I was like, Hello? <laughs> I called people in Australia who were like, why did you call me at 4 a.m.? Oh, my God. Anyway, so please get excited for more of these stories now that we have lives. And thank you for dealing with us for four months of being literally locked inside four walls without even Mm -hmm. seeing each other and having no chat whatsoever. No (laughs) chat. Like nothing to talk about at all. Cricket. Have what have you been? What were you watching when I called you? So I was watching Vanilla Sky, which is like a very old movie with Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz, and Cameron Diaz. And it's so weird, but basically he goes to a party and he's been bussing Cameron Diaz, and then he sees Penelope Cruz, who is also just the hottest woman in the entire world. And I'd just mm. forgotten that. I was like, I can't stop staring at her. And then the next day, Cameron Diaz comes to – she's kind of stalkery, which really suits her her face and her mm. personality. And she comes and stalks him and he gets in her car and then she drives it off a bridge on purpose and dies. Oh my God, this is riddled with spoilers. But that's in the first five minutes, I think. Really? That's yeah. That's like a whole movie. It's I love these old movies. Me and Zach watched Heat. Have you seen Heat? That's your kind of – vibe of the movies you're watching lately it's so stupid it's one of those like similar old I think it's maybe 80s instead of 90s there's Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and it's just it's so stupid so much stupid stuff happens the sex scenes seem as if they were written by like an incel they're so funny the way men used to write love scenes between men and women what was the movie I told you I watched really recently with Sharon Stone Blue, no. Basic Instinct? Marvel and, no. Yeah, Basic Instinct. Yeah. Um, she just released a memoir and said that that scene, where, that iconic scene that we talked about in the podcast where she uncrosses her legs and you can see her vagina, she was told you couldn't see anything and she was only told to take off her underwear because they said that the color was reflecting off the camera <gasps> off the camera or something and oh. then she didn't find out till way down the track in post-production when she finally saw the movie with the crew and saw her vagina and stood up and was like what the fuck and slapped the director and stuff that makes me so angry also like sharon stone is a legend we need to get her on the podcast even though she's way too big for us she's yeah so iconic she always just comments on britney spears post being like Brittany, reach out if you need any help. I am worried about you. Regards, Sharon Stone. X. <laughs> she writes oh my god, she does. Yeah, I for, like hadn't put two and two together of who she was until I, like of who that she's this person. She's a queen. But yeah, she eventually said she decided to let it stay in the film because she was just like fuck it. 
This is what annoys me about these fucking old directors from the 80s and 90s. If you sat down to her and explained we want to create this like incredible pop culture moment, she probably would have understood it and been on board. But the fact that you had to trick her into doing it just makes it all feel disgusting. Yeah, horrible. Bad. What have you been? Oh, and also I bought Vanity Fair and Anya Taylor-Joy was on the cover. And I was like, why have I still not watched The Queen's Gambit? Have you seen it? I fell asleep in one in the first episode, but not because it was boring. I just did. <laughs> okay. Well, it's really good, obviously, because everyone else in the world has watched it. I just thought it was going to be about chess. And even though I have like randomly taken up playing chess in lockdown, I still wasn't enthused about it. But it's really interesting. And she's such a good actor. Um, and I really want to watch her in Emma. Oh, Next. don't. I made Zach watch Emma when I was drunk on Monday. Again, I've seen, it like seven, I've seen it like six times since I first watched it. Oh, is that is she in that movie that you keep talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was telling you about. It's her and Johnny Flynn, who I had like a slight fucking meltdown talking about. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to watch great. it tonight. And Josh O'Connor from Crown. The Crown. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I was so annoying watching it with Zach. I was like, you know that meme where you're just staring at someone watching it? And I was just watching his every reaction. Had he seen it before? No. he. Right. Lit- I literally had a gun to his head. He would never watch Emma. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to like push the notebook narrative at the moment, but I'm not getting very far. I was like, it's literally a good movie. It is. It is. You you, you need to shove it in front of their faces. It's like that it thing. Is a good like, fellas, film. is it gay to like 2020s Emma? Probably. Okay, so I'm going to do a different recommendation to the one I wrote down. Go on. Just remembered. So I know you're going to roll your eyes to the back of your head, but I've got into that podcast Armchair Expert by that guy Dax Shepard mm. because I listened to the one with Amy Schumer. Oh, my God. I can't stop you... talking about Amy Schumer. It's so weird. You get into these... It, that's quite an ADHD brain, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. you get into these fixations over specific things and like Amy Schumer is your current things. one. And that's yeah. why, because heaps of listeners always say you read so much and you also read quite obscure books and just random things. And it's because mm. you would have been like found an Instagram post and then gone into this rabbit hole and then eventually be reading all these crazy books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm fascinated by why everyone turned on Amy Schumer. I still haven't quite figured it out. But um, this interview she did with Duck Shepherd is really interesting because it gets quite like tense and awkward for the last half an hour because she's talking about being a woman in comedy and apparently his thing is like he always tries to relate anecdotes back to himself and she's kind of like, no, shut up because mm. you're like a white guy. Mm. But then I actually, I actually really like his interview style. Yeah, I've listened to a few. It's quite I can't good. remember who. He makes yeah. people very relaxed. I think I listened to one with Lena Dunham or something. Oh, cool. I'll listen to that. Ages ago, I'm listening yeah. to just like cancelled white women. <laughs> yes. But I listened to Amy Poehler and she was really great. And I listened to um, Rachel Bilson, weirdly, from the OC. <laughs> she yeah. just He just did her. And I, my first thing was like, that's boring. And then I was like. No, every time you think an actress is boring, you're just being sexist because they're usually really interesting. I don't know if I'd go that far, but she was (laughs) – I enjoyed myself. She was bling-ringed. Was she? Did we not? Yeah. Yeah, weird. She was one of the bling-ring victims, and we spoke to Alexis Nyers, who was the ringleader of the bling-ring. So that's kind of (laughs) cool. 
But uh, Rachel Bilson, she was like, the best thing about that interview was that she revealed that she went to high school with Kirsten Dunst and Rami Malek. Oh, my God. And she posted a picture with – she was like, me and Rami Malek were best friends, best friends, super tight. And then Dax Shepard said, this is why it's fun to listen to Armchair Expert because they give you good kind of micro Hollywood goss. Mm. Dax Shepard was like, is this whole thing Rami Malek does where he pretends where he seems very unusual and weird and standoffish, is that an act to look like a serious actor or was he always like that? And then she said that when he started getting all of this press for that fucking shit queen movie, she put up a photo with him from when they were in high school and he's kind of chubby and he's wearing this weird gold chain necklace and he just looks terrible. She did him so dirty with this picture. It was oh like, God. hey, at Rami Malek, do you remember this or something? And he just sent her a DM being like, please take this down immediately. <laughs> she was like, we hadn't spoken in like 15 years. Oh, my God. That's so jade of her to do, though. I agree. And he was really upset. And she was like, I just don't know why I just don't take myself that seriously. I was like, the man's on the on the trail for the Oscars. If yeah, you see this picture, you'll this die. Actress girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. Lucy Boynton just like packs her Breaks up with him. You need to look at it. It's so funny. It just reminds me exactly of what someone who was like kind of a friend of me would do if I became famous, where they'd put up a really ugly picture of me from high school and pretend they were supporting me, but it was actually kind of bitchy. Yes. A hundred percent. I kind of want to tell the people about Kirsten, but I feel like we just don't jinx it because she might still come on. She emails me when her baby's born and she's like, I'm so sorry. I've been waiting till the birth. (laughs) I'll come on the pod now. (laughs) I have a feeling this is one of those things that we're like, should we talk about this? And then someone will say, you did like five episodes ago. You were just drunk and forgot. Yeah. Anyway. I think we talked about it in our Christmas special. Did we? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) The fuck? Should I talk about QAnon now or do you have another Rick? No, no, that's it. Okay. Another thing I have watched this week, and I can't even remember what the documentary is called, but a QAnon documentary. I think it's called Into the Storm, maybe. Um, and it's by HBO. It's six part. And it's interesting because I know what QAnon is in the same way that I think most people associate QAnon. And that's just being all of these huge conspiracy theories that are going around. Um, and now it's kind of been associated with like anti-vaxxers, with COVID and Pizzagate and all these basically like any the capital fake news. siege. I yeah, like. and the yeah. capital siege. But I didn't realize I just had no idea where it started. And it's so wild. So in 2017, an anonymous user of this site called 4chan, which is a site where it's kind of an unmoderated Reddit and everyone's anonymous, which is just <laughs> foul. He posted, they post, everyone just says he, so I, I assume it's just everyone thinks Surely it's a man. It's I was a like, man, yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, obviously, but I was still like, why are you all assuming it's not a woman? Um, Sexist. Because we're too smart for that, yeah. An anonymous user put a series of posts on this message board on 4chan, um, signing off as Q, and they were claiming to have a level of US security approval known as the Q clearance. So everyone thinks this guy is like has military clearance and stuff. And these messages went kind of viral with people depicting them and trying to figure out what this person was saying. 
because they were saying a lot of political things and actually like quite a few things they said came true at the time which people thought proved that they had military clearance or were in with Trump or was was Trump or was Trump's right-hand man and it just went wild and then all of these Q I can't even remember what they're called but people who then go to YouTube and relay all of Q's messages and then they all kind of filter out into the universe and at one point there was 10 million people that believed what Q was saying. Yes, it became this almost micro industry where Q would... I didn't know any of this. I didn't know that Q was like a person. There's a Q who posts stuff. Yeah, it's like gossip. It's like Gossip Girl yeah, for yeah. pedophile news. Um, yes. And then this micro industry started of people picking apart the Q posts and linking them to stuff. And that was where the YouTube stuff came in. And this documentary is really funny because uh, some of the reviews I've read of this documentary basically say, which I think is true, that you kind of can't watch a documentary about QAnon without falling into the QAnon wormhole. It's like even if mm. you're obsessed with debunking it, you just become obsessed with it. It's just You're better yeah. off just not knowing anything because when you go into it, you think they show things there was one that I found really funny where there was a picture of a pen and it was taken so, so, so zoomed in. And they were like, this is the kind of pen Donald Trump uses and this desk could be the president's desk. Therefore, the yeah. person whose cue is with the president. It was such a reach. Like I can yeah. take a photo of this right now. Then there's other ones that seem kind of very weird where Donald Trump would word things in a very, very odd, unusual way. I personally believe it was him giving a wink and a nod to QAnon, but trolling everyone. I don't think he actually meant it. But there's enough in there to get you thinking, even though you can kind of be like, this is stupid. There's just this little part of your brain ticking away thinking. But why would this happen? Like the QAnon guy put up something about our father, the prayer, and said something about watch this. And then a couple of weeks later, the Pope came out and changed the wording to that prayer. And on one hand, you can think that's just so stupid, like coincidences like that are bound to happen. And then another part of you is like, that's a really random <laughs> yeah, coincidence to happen. It's just weird. I know. I didn't realize heaps of the things. So even Q, people would write into Q. Q literally is Gossip Girl. That's such a funny connotation. XOXO. Lady Whistledown. <laughs> um <laughs> You would people would write into Q and be like, tell Donald Trump to post this and or post a spelling mistake in his next tweet or or a spelling that's mistake what I mean. I'm or like, something. Donald and he would Trump post is stupid. Post. So yeah. saying, get him to put a typo in his next tweet. You're like quite likely to hit the nail on the head with that one at some point. Mm. And that's what they said. Where they'd say things super vague, and then if it happened. They'd be like, see, QAnon's right. And then for the 80% of things that didn't happen, they'd say, ignore this. It kind of reminds me <laughs> yeah. of like um, clairvoyance or ghost people that think they see ghosts in your house or whatever, fortune tellers and stuff. It's like that thing where they get it right 20% of the time just by good luck and then a certain portion of people believe it, but most people just think it's dumb. Yeah, I um, believe some, some I believe in QAnon. No, I believe that um, some people are, can be psychic, but then I think that like 90% of the population just aren't. It's just based on your experience. Like, do you remember I told you how I had an experience with an African witch doctor in Swaziland and everything she said was just super wrong? 
Mm. And now I'm like, no one can be right ever. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't have any experience with people. I've never done it. But my mum went to a medium after my stepdad died and all the stuff that she said was so, like, wild. All the stuff the woman said. I feel like I wouldn't use a Ouija board and that's kind of my barometer for the fact that I believe in something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know what I mean? It's so scary. I wouldn't yeah. fuck with like a certain Spirits. degree of stuff. So I do believe in something, but I don't really know. My thing with QAnon has always been, and Pizzagate and all this stuff, which I've said on the podcast before, this is like my stick that I just beat everyone with, is that I... I'm aware of the fact that child sexual abuse is much more common than anyone gives it credit for. And I think that when you see people believing in these conspiracies about Hillary Clinton and this kind of cabal of pedophiles who like drink children's blood and have pedophile rings and there's code words and all this stuff, I think it's because it's a conspiracy of silence around child sexual abuse, but it's it's not even organized by politicians it's just organized because we live in a culture of like shame and silence and i think that a lot of these things when they resonate with people it's because of experiences they've had or people they love or people they know have had that they're saying oh i know this happened you know this teachers at my school and it was covered up or police officers and it was covered up or cub scout leaders and it was covered up so it's not that hard to extend that to thinking it's happening in like politics or or hollywood or other powerful circles because This does happen and it's not even a conspiracy theory. It's just abuse of power. And then that coupled with the fact that there's all this fake news on the internet that sends people into rabbit holes. Like I listened to that New York Times podcast ages ago called Rabbit Hole, which is really interesting. And I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it was basically following this guy who wasn't even right wing at all. And he started just watching. I think it was just at home all the time on YouTube. And then the way the algorithm was serving him content, it was just more and more and more right-wing and more extremist to the point where he committed violence or he was going to. He had he bought guns and, and I think he like didn't end up doing it. But it's like in 2020, there was a poll in America and when asked whether or not Satan-worshipping elites who run a sex ring are trying to control our politics and media, only 47% of Americans said it was incorrect. And it's and and because no one knows what to believe anymore, you literally don't. I was watching this interview with David Foster Wallace, who's an author, the other day, and he was saying, and this was like twenty years ago, that when he was brought up as a child in like primary school, he was taught about this concept of citizenship, like you have a obligation as a citizen of a country to engage with politics to read up on the policies of all the candidates to be informed about what people stand for and to vote on every single level from like local to whatever federal government taking your responsibility as a citizen very seriously and he basically said that that idea has completely gone in the last whatever 30 40 years no one feels that way no one feels that they have this obligation to make a really well-informed decision and he said that the, the problem with that is that people vote along these like very lazy lines in terms of, you know, my parent is a Republican, so I'm a Republican, or I like the look of Obama because he's hot and has a cool wife that's fashionable and seems like a lefty or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but that idea that people are voting in this very kind of lazy way 
and then are feeling very disillusioned with the politicians that come in and then are being like, we don't know anything about them. This is fucked. And then thinking anyone will be running the show because they're not really at all engaged with who they're voting for. And I feel like that's That's kind of part of this conversation is like, we feel very, very, very disillusioned with our leaders because we feel like they're just not who we would pick if given yeah, it's multiple like how, choices. It's just like how did Joe Biden even just become president? And it was like there's so many people that would be do a better job at being president than him. And he yeah, just in the whole country. Yeah, like and Scott he tried Morrison three times and didn't get it and just yeah. was never thought he was going to get it. And then suddenly it's just between him and like fucking Donald Trump. That's what I mean. It's just so nuts. Like Scott Morrison, I'm just like how – is it Scott Morrison or Anthony Albanese in our next election? It seems mm-hmm. crazy. So people just tune out because they think thing, but it's also like I never look at state politics. I never look at local politics. I never look at ways that I personally can like lobby who they choose as leader. You know what I mean? I'm just like, this is fucked. I don't care. And I feel like that's what happens with the QAnon thing is people just feel so powerless that they just want to overthrow everything just want to burn mm. it down man <laughs> <laughs> you're a q and i'm a believer this is not good for the conspiracy theorist in you yeah i know while i was writing notes for this and googling if it was q who was behind pizzagate or if it was another conspiracy theorist monzo called me and said someone tried to charge 30 pounds at pizza hut oh my god are you are you serious yes. oh my god izzy you're onto them um, I know, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And also, how did someone get my card? That's so weird. They were like, have you done any, um, have you, they're basically asking if I'd fallen for a scam. And they were like, has anyone contacted you from the tax office asking for your details? And I was like, not this time, okay? Okay. So years ago in Australia, I went outside and gave them my details and then burst into tears. Did when you? When I worked at, Yeah. I, don't I thought I told that. you that on the pod. It was so long ago. It was when I worked at Marie Claire. And you I probably got into a delusional like, state being like so hungry from your cleanse and you ordered a pizza. I was like, oh my God, I owe, I owe so much tax money from back to 2012 in Australia. And then I was like, I didn't even live here till 2017. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be vigilant, guys. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I got called like seven times in a day by a guy and I called him back and he was like, hello. I was like, why do you keep calling me? And he was like, I don't. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And he was like, I'm so sorry. This just happens to my phone. Like it's calling people and I just, I'm not doing it. And I'm you're so not coming sorry. up in my missed calls. <laughs> we are just chatting. He was just like a normal guy. That That's the start funny. to a rom-com, a 21st mm. century rom-com. You've got mail from the tax office. <laughs> I'm going to date whoever just ordered pizza on my card. That's how hungry I am. I'm going to date the census guy that threatened to throw me in jail. Okay, tell me about Tandy. Okay, so, yeah, quick sideline to talk about Tandy Newton, who is definitely one of the coolest actresses working in Hollywood and who we've talked about and sung the praises of many times before on this pod. She's just covered British Vogue. And the reason why this is a big deal is two reasons. One is the former editor of British Vogue, who we've had on the podcast before, Alexandra Shulman, was criticized for her lack of diversity when she was editor and when she was kind of confronted about it in a Guardian interview. 
she was kind of like, well, who would I have put on the cover? And they were like, why didn't you put Tandy Newton on the cover? She's a really famous black British actress and she's really successful in Hollywood. And now she's on the cover of British Vogue for the first time. She's 48. She's been working for like 30 years. And she said when she posted it, it's so insane. She said when she posted the cover that when the new editor, Edward Enenfell, became editor-in-chief, that he wrote her a letter basically saying she had an open invitation to come on the cover whenever she wanted, which is really nice. Mm, That's so nice. the cover line is Tandy Newton with a W, T-H-A-N-D-I-W-E. And she said in the interview that in the first film she ever appeared in, they misspelled her name in the credits. And instead of making a fuss, it's like such a woman thing to do. She just changed her name going forward and just never corrected it. So she's now like reclaiming the W. I know. I love that. Yeah, she's so iconic. We talked about her when she did um, an interview with Vulture. Was it last year? Um, And she was like, and it went kind of viral for a few reasons. But one was because she talked about being really scared of Tom Cruise and his Scientology (laughs) gifts. Him trying to like lure her in. I know he's yeah he's wild she's so great and um she's she's so great she's just been like really open about predatory men in Hollywood before anyone else talked about it and racism in Hollywood and her daughter's an actress now and she just said she's like a crazy bitch on set (laughs) every time her daughter acts making sure nothing happens I just love her yeah I love her too she's like Charlie's Theron like Charlie's was talking about the stuff so long before the Me Too movement. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's also like such a testament to how fucking racist the media in like the film industry is that they like literally misspell her name in a film credit. Like how difficult is that to triple check before it's sent off? I know. I feel like she just she just flies under the radar a lot for how mm. iconic she is. Yeah, she's such a fucking good actress. Like Westworld. I love her in Westworld, yeah. Oh my so god. Good. And she's so hot. Sorry to objectify yeah. her. <laughs> Maeve. Sexy Maeve. How do I start this bit? Maybe start talking about Chloe. Maybe start talking about Chloe. Okay. Yeah. Something that has been all over the internet this week, which I only just caught up on. I don't know how. I was like, I'm just not interested in whatever's happening here. Um, But Khloe Kardashian went viral because MJ, who's like literally a grandma. I don't know if MJ is her biological grandma, but she's a grandma. She's so old. Posted a photo, this really cute photo of Khloe in a bikini by the pool on her private Instagram account. Like such a jade mum thing to do. And then someone screenshot that and sent it to a celebrity kind of gossip account and it went all over the internet and Chloe's team was trying to shut it down immediately, like sending lawsuits, going crazy. Apparently Kim Kardashian herself emailed the celebrity gossip account asking for it to be taken down. And I was like, why would Kim do that? And then Dumois posted an article where Christina had said that Kim does all their dirty work. Love Kim. But yeah, they were like really stressed about, well, Chloe was really stressed about this photo being on the internet. Reminds me of when Beyonce did that. She went absolutely crazy about a photo of herself on the what internet. What photo was it? She was just performing and she just looked. Oh, yeah. She was singing. I remember that. Just, you just, yeah. you shouldn't, it just creates more problems because everyone's like, what's the photo? What's the photo? Yeah. You know <laughs> then I mean? everyone knows well, it. I thought, yeah. I thought 
my first initial reaction being a QAnon conspiracy theorist was that this was a planted story because when I saw the photo I was like Chloe looks fucking hot like when you think of a, a secret photo going viral of the Kardashians you imagine that they're gonna look drastically 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 different to how they look in photos and while she looks like paler she was fucking good so I was like this is bullshit but then she put out that really nice sad PSA public statement then I realized it was real I thought she looked awesome. If I looked like that in a bikini, I'd be stoked. Yeah, she looks so I'd good. I'd be sending Someone legal threats like... to TMZ, like, run this picture or fucking kill me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, her stomach's like washboard yeah. abs. The Kardashians have such, such flat stomachs, which, like, I don't know. I don't know much about plastic surgery, but that does boggle my mind because I'm like, unless you're getting lipo every other day, how's your stomach that flat? But they might be. I remember reading that Kourtney Kardashian said that she just every day has to do, I think it was a hundred squats before she has a shower or she like won't let herself have a shower. I was like, that's definitely a disorder of some kind, but like they're super hectic. Oh my God. The whole thing's just quite sad because Chloe, so Chloe putting up her statement, which I'll read a bit of it. She said the photo that was posted this week was beautiful but as someone who has struggled with body image her whole life, when someone takes a photo of you that isn't flattering and bad lighting or doesn't capture your body the way it is after working hard to get to this point and then shares it to the world, you should have every right for it not to be shared no matter who you are. In truth, the pressure, constant ridicule and judgment my entire life to be perfect and to meet others' standards of how I should look has been too much to bear. Chloe is the fat sister. Chloe is the ugly sister. Her dad must not be her real dad because she looks so different. The only way she could have lost that weight must have been from surgery you never get quite used to being judged and pulled apart and told how unattractive you are but if you hear anything enough you'll start to believe it it's really sad but then also what's just it was even sadder that she then posted a photo of herself to say this is what my body looks like and then she went on instagram live to show that it wasn't edited and then uploaded that as well and i was like chloe yeah this is what we've talked about so many times before on the pod about how like these people i think chloe kardashian specifically has been one of the ones that jamila jamil has really gone after with the like diet gummies and teas and stuff you know these people that we're looking to as public figures we're then criticizing them for being negative influences on body image when it's like also really, really obvious that they're total victims of that like unrealistic body standard. And I think that's so, so obvious and true with people like the Kardashians is that they are setting this standard for so many women who follow them and like try to emulate how they look. But at the same time, they are so obviously like victim to those standards themselves it's like Kylie Jenner with the lips and the face and stuff we'll get onto that New York Times story in a minute but you know Kylie Jenner's plastic surgery is probably in aggregate having like a negative effect on young women's view of their own self-worth and how beautiful they are but Kylie Jenner obviously felt that way as well <laughs> so it's like you don't want to have a go at these people that are victims of the culture but at the same time what they're doing is kind of tangibly damaging but it's not coming from this horrible place. It's coming from the fact that they're damaged by the same culture. Yeah, like Kylie got lip filler for the first time at 16 because she felt so insecure about not looking as pretty as her sisters. Mm -hmm. 
And then that starts a lip filler epidemic because then everyone thinks they don't have big enough lips. Yeah, and then she becomes just, a billionaire um, yeah, of it's, like it's kind of selling products, acting as if that's how she got bigger lips, and that's when it starts to feel like a con. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so confusing because it's it's just like who do you blame? Mm-hmm. It's like the beauty myth. How we talked to Naomi Wolf, and she was talking about how 20 years ago she published her book, which is basically saying that men have to worry about their professional life, women worry about their professional life, the home life, and then the third thing, the third work is the beauty standards and these unrealistic standards we hold ourselves to or society holds us to through billboards and advertising and porn and all these things. And now it feels like Facetune and Instagram has just is just the 2020 version of that where, like... We literally know that what the Kardashians look like on Instagram isn't what they look like in real life, but we still want to look like that. Yeah, exactly. Or we want to look like how they look like in real life in real life and then how they look like on Instagram on Instagram. Like we don't care that it's fake. We just want to emulate it because it's this like really strange idea of perfection. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Which brings us to this New York Times story that Izzy and I were both really obsessed with this week, which is called The Beauty of 78.5 Million Followers by Vanessa Grigoriadis. This came out and then an article came out about the resurgence of post-pandemic Botox at the same time. And they both kind of touch on the same thing, which is about how in a pandemic, you would think that how awful the state of the world has become would mean that our attitude towards beauty would have like radically shifted in a way that would make us less obsessed with how we look whereas the reality has been that because the way we're communicating during a global pandemic is entirely through screens facetime we're looking at tiktok we're looking at instagram we're consuming everything through a mirror image of ourselves. we've become even more hyper conscious of our looks than we ever have been which is just so insane. I found that really interesting because I think it's again one of those articles that when you read it, you think I've been thinking this, but I didn't realize. And this whole time in lockdown, I think because 
especially because we've been locked inside for four months and nothing is changing. We're literally waking up in the same house. We're kind of eating the same food because you can't go out to restaurants. You can't travel. You can't do anything different. You can't get your hair done. You can't get your nails done. And all those things seem so frivolous when so many people are dying. But then you spend enough time at home and like looking in the mirror and being bored that you then, like I've already booked my hair appointment for next week at the minute the salon's open and then you start thinking about all these other things that you could do to yourself that you hadn't even considered before yeah exactly so these articles basically talk about how there's been this huge influx in bookings for obviously stuff like hairdressing and waxing and mani pedis but also in like botox and face filler and plastic surgery whereas in the past places that offered plastic surgery had to kind of slowly convince people that they had really great aestheticians who had great training now people just don't give a shit like they're just booking in anywhere and they're just like fill my face up with stuff immediately I feel disgusting and I think that that all comes down to the fact that we're seeing ourselves and photographing ourselves and sharing images of ourselves like more and more and more and more and more regularly and it seems like TikTok is almost this extension of Instagram where on Instagram you know, it was kind of cringy to post a lot of selfies or to post an Instagram live or do something that was front-facing, whereas TikTok, the technology is all about being front-facing. And it's almost like the further Mm. we get along with technology, the more and more the social media apps are like invested in you showing exactly what your face looks like, which is, I hadn't thought about it that way till I read that New York Times article. And I was like, that just makes sense. We're aware of all these flaws in our faces because we're just seeing our faces all the time and thinking about them all the time. And it's making us see really specific weird shit that we would never think of. And even being on Zoom calls all the time is forcing you to look at your own face more. Everyone's just staring at their own faces during Zoom. Yeah, it's so unnatural. It's like such an unhealthy way to be. I had a consultation with a plastic surgeon last week with like a person (laughs) about buckle fat removal which is a surgery where someone cuts into your cheek and takes out pockets of fat from your the inside of your cheek to make it look like you have cheekbones. It's called like the Bella Hadid surgery because allegedly Bella Hadid has had it. Costs three thousand five hundred pounds, which is like seven thousand Australian dollars. Oh my god! And I, there was just this part of my brain that was like, yep, 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 yep. The buckle fat, like seven thousand dollars. Cool, cool, cool. I was f- fully engaged in and willing to for a period of time commit that much money to getting someone to like chop into my face for this really intrusive plastic surgery procedure i know you'd like convinced me by the time before you'd even gotten on the call we were on these like reddit boards and i was like oh my god because i'd never even heard of it this is what we've talked about heaps where we're like it's i think people call it overton's window where it's like the window of reference for what's normal keeps shifting further and further away from what's normal. So like what we can see as being okay is just an increasingly insane picture. And it's like with these beauty ideals, so many women that we look at that we just think are naturally beautiful and ageless are getting these discreet invasive surgeries and are changing the game for everyone else. And then when you add to that the fact that you're looking at yourself much more than you used to, you feel like lazy or stupid or like behind the times or you're not up to date with things if you're not thinking this way. And then when you actually think about what you're talking about, you're like, this is fucking insane. That's why everyone says Botox is a gateway because you get Botox and then you just have Botox and then like 
you think that'll be it. And then two years later, you're suddenly like, I remember when I got Botox in Sydney through work and the woman I went to was like, oh, you could get filler here. And I was like, that's crazy. I'll never, ever, ever do that. And then two years down the track, you're suddenly looking at your under eye bags and being like, God, I look so haggard. What was that that woman told me about? And then you keep you keep just getting into these holes of things. That's why Kylie Jenner was so stoked when everyone was only talking about her lip filler because the stuff, the actual stuff. She's like, no, I haven't. Done is like, yeah, and she, yeah, and then she's like, okay, I admit it, I have, but that's it. That's like, no, your whole faces are absolutely completely different. I know. And there's all these tiny procedures that we wouldn't even know about, and then we're sitting here thinking. Why don't we look as pretty as people on Instagram? Yeah, and it's also because there's this the way that plastic surgery is often discussed is in this like such a boring, unnuanced way where people are looking at real housewives or people on Love Island who have such obvious, drastic, over the top surgery, and those people are like really useful to the ninety five percent of women that get tasteful, unnoticeable surgery. Because people think, I would never be one of those women that gets surgery because I don't want to look like this. You're only using people with bad surgery as a reference. It's like the fitness thing. I think you, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you coined this term, but you coined it to me where you called it like facial infidelity, where people were lying to their partners. Yeah, I think I kind of did coin the term. <laughs> Why did you not write this? I was going to write it for a Marie Claire piece and I came up with that and I haven't seen it written anywhere no, else. You can bleep that out so no one else can. But it, no, but it is that fine. idea of, I think, I was really obsessed with Anna Delby's Instagram and I think the reason I was is because everyone, Anna Delby was a scammer in this really obvious way. But it's just like on Instagram, everyone is scamming. Everyone is pretending to have more money than they have. Everyone is pretending they don't have plastic surgery Mm. when they do. And Yeah, like the clothes that they don't actually own are pretending that they're theirs. Yeah, and the face thing is just crazy. I feel like everyone is spending all this money and time getting all this stuff done and no one's talking about it. And then you feel like there's something weird or wrong with you, but you also don't know because – when I say the buckle fat thing out loud, it sounds absolutely insane. But I know that there's a lot of people that I know who might. Who've had it done. So. Yeah. Yeah. And even just the thing about the secrecy goes so deep that people are just lying to their partners so much that this, the woman I got my Botox from in Sydney said that wives or girlfriends would book their partners on like full boys weekends away. So that they could get things done and that their faces would be chill and not bruised by the time the guys got back. Or other women who would go to Woolworths and get out cash from Woolworths to pay for their thing so it didn't come up on the card where they'd oh been. Oh, God. And I was like, that's wild. Men are, like, so stupid they'd never even notice that anyway. But they don't even notice your faces, which is the funniest yeah, part. Yeah, men – I so I've had Botox once as well, same as you, and I was like – People in my life, I told Zach about it, but people in my life that were like, never, ever, ever get it done. So bad. It's so awful. We're all like, you look so fresh and beautiful and youthful and gorgeous. Like I had, I've never had so many compliments in my life. People were just like, you look so well rested. What are you doing differently? Have you lost weight? You look beautiful. And I was like, you guys are all fucking full of shit. Mm. Because everyone tells you not to get this stuff, but you get so socially rewarded when you do that yeah, when you look nice. It's yeah, and and even like that's the the other sad thing is like for example, Chloe Kardashian is a part owner in Good American. And Good American's slogan is 
representing body acceptance made by women for women, all bodies, all sizes, no compromises. And it's like what we say we're accepting as a society versus what we're doing in secret or how we're actually acting or how we actually feel is vastly different. Like I'm literally on a cleanse right now to to feel hot basically after when we're allowed out of lockdown because I feel gross. It's like I'm doing the exact same thing that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and it's that thing as well where you can like intellectually, the intellectual understanding of why it's fucked and then the like emotional feeling of just wanting to fit in are so at odds with each other that I can like fully, 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 fully rationalize every reason why I think Botox is fucked. I think Botox is fucked because it's changing the game for women. It's putting women in this financial position where they're spending all this extra money that men don't spend on something that makes them look like they're ageless, which is weird and creepy and kind of pedophilic. And it's removing emotion from their face, which is really patriarchal and gross. And it's just giving them something else to be like, there's all these reasons that I think Botox is uh, totally wrong, but I'll probably get it done again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'll yeah, just have a yeah, moment. Because then you'll in. be like, but yeah. I look nice and I feel nice. Like you literally look in the mirror. I remember we were going skiing and my boyfriend at the time had had this huge go at me for getting Botox because I stupidly told him, like, it didn't realize everyone else didn't, and had this huge go at me. And I was also like, fuck off, I can do what I want with my own face, like, and my own money. And then we went skiing, and I was like, usually after a day of skiing, I would have huge frown lines on my forehead, which make me really self conscious. And I would constantly be going to the bathroom, like, trying to rub out my frown lines. And I was like, oh my God, I just feel so nice that I don't have to worry about this. I was like, this is worth every fucking penny. And he was like, I don't even notice the difference. And it's like, if it makes you feel confident as well, that's the other thing. This is what's amazing about that New York Times article is what it really got down to was that the beauty industry has managed to rebrand itself as a tool for female empowerment, which is just incredible that it's managed to do that. But it's also, this is what we try to talk to Naomi Wolf about. And I feel like she didn't really bite with us, but you're basically saying like we know so many women who for a fact find makeup empowering, you know, whatever the fuck empowering means, who find experimenting with beauty and skincare or like to a further extent injectables or fashion or things that be, could be construed as like reductive or bad for women. They actually, no question, find a lot of joy and pleasure and confidence in them that is completely outside of like the male gaze how do you unpack whether that's because they've been conditioned to think that like have we just been Stockholm syndromed into thinking that or is it that the advertising is effective because it speaks to something that women just actually like to do and that's just fine and we don't need to read into it too much and I think that that's the such a big thing with the beauty industry that there isn't really any answer to is like okay if it makes you feel good why shouldn't you be allowed to do it but then it becomes if it makes you feel good because you're deceiving other women into thinking that you look hotter than they do <laughs> naturally when it's not naturally, then is it bad? Like you've got to think about what's the thing that's giving you confidence, the thing that's giving you confidence just that you look nice or is the thing that's giving you confidence that you look nicer than other women? I know that's the confusing thing that I absolutely can't get my head around because I feel like if you look at enough of something – for example, cat eye li eyeliner, which I didn't think mm -hmm. I would ever wear. And now I just want to wear crazy cat eye eyeliner all the time. 
you just you can't figure out if it's where that came from where that idea was implanted into your little pea brain yeah and does everything need to be as complicated as we like to think it is or is it just all okay but then if you're like it's all okay then it's fine for me to just go and spend all my money on getting buckle fat removal and botox <laughs> and filler and feeling really really gorgeous and that's yeah. just fine but there will be always be a part of my brain that is like what are you doing this is bad for the ladies and you care about them yeah, it's, that's the shit thing. You just will feel really nice and you will look really nice because these people are paid to make you look that way. And mm-hmm. society rewards people being young and beautiful. I know. But I'm like, how am I supposed to have a daughter and be like, it literally does not matter what you look like. You go and be a marine scientist, but also mummy spent $10,000 to get a man to chop some fat out of her mouth for no reason. As Bella Hadid did. I know. How can I hold my head high in this society? I know. <sighs> Such a mess. I also liked in that piece how it talked about like, um, which really relates to Khloe Kardashian, I think, how we've turned vulnerability about your looks and self-esteem into such a bankable asset, mm. which is super gross when like when this writer catalogs everything. She basically showcases how people like Halsey and Selena Gomez and Khloe Kardashian and Addison Rae have all, whether they're aware of it or not, posted these very vulnerable, I have very low self-esteem, I felt really bad about my body, or I felt very bad about my face posts a few days out of launching branded products that are related to that thing. So I felt really bad about my skin a week later, I've got this skincare line that made me feel better. Or I felt really bad about my body. Now I've made these like jeans that make me feel better. And obviously you could be really cynical and say they're not insecure, but obviously with someone like Khloe Kardashian or whatever, it is true. And they have created a product that speaks to their own insecurities, but there is also something kind of gross about getting people to find you relatable and attractive because you're talking about something that's very visceral and real for young women and then, like, chucking down a product to sell to them five minutes yeah, later. Yeah, they making money off their insecurities. Yeah, it's, like, almost a bit worse than brands doing it because you're mm. relying on people, like, relating to you. And bringing in even the mental health side of things. So Selena Gomez's Rare Beauty is packaged alongside mental health. So they, I think mm-hmm. even in, like, all of the branding, they speak about mental health and things. Like, Rare Beauty is going to cure depression. You it yeah, it's, it's such a weird thing. And it's it's that thing that we keep finding ourselves up against where we like you feel bad talking about this stuff because it can be construed as like you accusing Selena Gomez of leveraging off mental illness. And it's like, no, I'm sure she thinks that she's doing something really great. Like, I don't think she's being like, yeah, got like tricked him. Yeah. Now I'm getting all this money. Like, it's more complicated than that. But when you zoom out really far, it's quite concerning that this vulnerability culture is basically it's just capitalism man capitalism at play isn't it um that's why QAnon has something going for them they want to burn <laughs> everything down burn capitalism yes. down footage of you at the siege yes okay so quickly before we sign off I think we should run through a few funny celebrity stories yeah Pete Davidson and Phoebe Denver from Bridgerton are definitely dating they're rumoured to be dating and I was like god he's done it again the old sly dog and he has I don't even know how they met but he's 
added her to his list of like ridiculously successful, gorgeous young women, such as Ariana Grande, Margaret Qualley. Who else has he dated? He dated Kate Beckinsale. Kaya Gerber. Kaya Gerber. And now Phoebe. What is up with that? Like, mean as he said this. Big dick, like, I mean, is he were like, not to be rude, but like, we wouldn't fuck Pete Davidson. Like, I don't. <laughs> but we probably would if we met him. <laughs> that I don't energy. think so. Yeah. He looks I don't, half dead. I don't get how it's this like rite of passage if you're an on the rise female star to <laughs> just boost Pete Davidson for three months. It is. I feel like, should we just it's talk so about random. the Byron Bays instead of Bridgerton? Yeah. And the other thing that I found out about today that I am so excited about existing is this new Netflix show called Byron Bays, which you guessed it is going to be set in Byron Bay and following it's a Real Housewives-esque series being produced by Netflix that features a bunch of Byron Bay influences. I'm obsessed. I cannot wait to watch that. Haven't you? I've wondered for so long why there aren't more like reality TV shows about more current themes than housewives yeah i know like influencer ones or like a woke one elise knowles who was on what's that building show she built a house and she won it she won the show she was on that and she's hotly tipped to be joining and then the other person who would be really good is that girl we went to splendor in the grass with through work one time ruby tuesday matthews I don't remember meeting her. We did meet her. You do. Oh. <laughs> and she was really nice. Wait, but we we did or we didn't? We did. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. Was that at the the thing party? No, it was at the uh, hotel. And she's really lovely. She had her kid with her on remember? Right. Uh, anyway. Sort of. Apparently she's famous for being the girl who held up a flight from Byron Bay to Sydney. Because she left the airport when there was a delay to go and eat oysters at a restaurant nearby. Oh, I love the I but, love yeah. the sound of her. I love the sound of her. And then the only other people I can think of who live in Byron Bay are Zac Efron and his little cute cafe hot model girlfriend, Vanessa. But they obviously won't go on it. Yeah, who else is a Byron person? I can't think, but whoever it is, I'll love it. What about that that, Chris Hemsworth? that article you recommended? Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Oh ages yeah, ago, there was that? um, yeah. I think we talked about this ages ago on the podcast, but there was a Vanity Fair article about the Byron Bay momfluencers. Someone Vanity Fair flew a journalist over to spend time with all these famous Byron Bay mums. So some of them, yeah, might go on it for sure. I can't remember any of their names at all, but. It was a pretty hilarious article. I haven't watched a good reality TV series in ages. Uh, Me either. I'm watching Grand Designs at the moment. What's that? Uh, It's a British show where they, it's been going on for like decades and they follow people around who are making building houses. And so in London, someone in Hampstead Heath built a house like four stories underground because you obviously can't get real estate in London. I was like, I would rather live in the countryside than live in a dungeon a for dungeon. millions of dollars. Crazy. There's one I saw advertised the other day where it's like you have to guess who owns each house. I was like, this is the most boring concept. So these people come in and then you meet four couples and they all live in a different house and you ask questions. I was like, I can't believe this is a show. Put us in charge of programming at ITV. Yeah. You know what I have watched now and job. I do love it? Gogglebox. Oh, and you need to watch First Dates. All these British shows are so good. First Dates is 
beautiful and heartwarming. Okay. Ooh. You're so assimilated. I know. British now. I saw a Gogglebox meme go round and then it was the cute gay couple and one of the guys was like, oh, we all have a bad boy, don't we? And then the other one was like, not a fucking terrorist, John. <laughs> they were like watching the news. <laughs> Us about Q. We all love a bad boy. <laughs> we love a bad boy. Who is? I need to know who Q is. I know. I think that documentary tries to figure it out, but I don't think he gets very far. Basically, the owner of 8chan, one of the guys at 8chan, which is the site that Q now posts on, started posting on, was like, hey, guys, the IP address has completely changed. One of the administrators, so this can't be Q anymore. And the, the top dog owner was like, no, 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 it's definitely Q and just kept posting. So like there are kind of rumors that the real Q actually dropped off ages ago and a fake one stepped in and is doing all the rest. And the fake one could so be wild. like the owner of this website or something like that. This reminds me of that gossip website they used to have about 54 Park Street. Do you, did you ever hear about that? It was like before our time. Oh my God, No. Yeah, and it was like an intern somewhere. It was years before we started, but they would just write like anonymous gossip about the mags. That's amazing. And I think they were never unveiled. It's like, we need to know who that was. We need to know who Dumois is. We need to know who Q is. We need to know who... Yeah. I don't really care about who Lady Whistledown is. And now we know... Now you, the... find, you find that out. Yeah. Oh, do we? I never got to the end of Bridgerton. <laughs> Gave up. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. It's, um, yeah. Who else? I would love to know. We need to find out who killed JFK. I already know who that was. Yeah. I just, I don't like knowing that someone's just out there. I bet whoever QAnon is, is like random. He's just like, he'll definitely be so boring and not interesting. No, it'll be some, yeah, it'll be some random loser guy who spends every single day inside on his computer who maybe used to work in the military and who wants to act like they're close to Trump. They just have no power. There'll just be like some guy in the middle of like the South of America in like Fully. Nashville, Tennessee and their mum's yep. basement. Yeah. Anyway. You get a call from Pizza Hut again. We're like, we've got to go. We're on to him. Oh, my God. Us trying to di- dis- discover who QAnon is. That would, should be a documentary yeah. series. The Simple Life. <laughs> the Simple Minds. Um, bye. Okay. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.